making the call. I'm making the call, you're making the call. Now make the fucking call. What call? This will ruin the whole night. It's not your night, Turtle. It's Vince's night. Make the call. Fuck. What time is it back east? Hello! Yes, welcome back, everybody, to Oh Yeah, Oh Yeah, the Entourage Podcast. I am your host, J.R. Hickey, live from San Francisco. We are back to our regularly scheduled programming. Thank you to everybody who tuned in last week for the special 15-year anniversary editions of Oh Yeah, Oh Yeah. We had three episodes drop, all fantastic. On Monday, we had the movies of Vincent Chase drop with Kyle Banduho. On Wednesday, we had a nice season two recap drop with David Cavucci. And on Thursday, I re-aired me and Brandon Wenner's breakdown of the Entourage pilot. Had a lot of fun. Social media posts were hopping. Oh yeah, pod on Instagram and Twitter. Check it out. Follow it if you haven't yet. The accounts were noticed by the right people. I'm going to leave it at that. They were noticed by the right people and we have some really cool stuff in the works. We are starting season three today. Season three of Entourage is the longest season. So what happened was the season three of Entourage was split in half due to the writer's strike back in 2006. So 3A, the first 12 episodes, began airing in June of 2006. And 3B, the remaining eight episodes, didn't air until the following April 2007. So Entourage fans had to wait pretty long time for the season to be resolved we are not going to be doing that we're going to be going every monday morning per usual breaking down a new episode of entourage every week with a new guest my guest this week pat monahan very very popular comedian his twitter account at patty mo was was voted one of split sider's 15 funniest twitter accounts a few years ago so definitely give him a follow listen to his podcast what a time to be alive and if you're located in new york check out his website and go watch him do some live stand-up comedy we're breaking down Aquamom, another classic. Vinny flies his mom out for the Aquaman premiere. Some really great stuff. Audio quality, not as great as I'd like it to be. I don't know what's going on with my recording software. I'm going to look into it next week, however. One day in the valley. We did that one live. Had some guests come into my apartment slash studio here in San Francisco. And uh, it was a lot of fun, guys. Can't wait to talk to you about that. Can't wait to show you who we had. Thank you to everyone that's left five-star reviews. If you're enjoying the podcast, please leave us a five-star review in your podcasting app. And don't forget to listen to the music playlist. Oh yeah, oh yeah, music. It's in the show notes of today's episode. Without further ado, let's dive in. Aquaman with Pat Monahan. Boom. Let's go. All right, we are back with episode one, season three. Aquaman. Super excited. I am joined by a comedian and a writer who performs live all over New York City and the East Coast. He co-hosts the popular comedy podcast, What a Time to Be Alive. His Twitter account, at Patty Moe, was one of Split Sider's 15 funniest Twitter accounts of 2017. Patrick Monahan, welcome to the Entourage Podcast. What's going on, man? How you doing? I'm doing good. How was your 4th of July? 4th of July was good. Pretty mellow. Uh, did a couple things around the city. Nothing too, uh, nothing too involved. Uh, watched some fireworks uh, at a dog park, which was nice. Uh, so Ooh. got to see the... Dogs, not a bunch of dogs that people knew were not going to react negatively, and uh, they were all hassling each other for like the hour up beforehand. So you know, I was, was going to say that could be like a recipe for disaster. No, they, they, I guess I guess the, the owners who knew their dogs were going to be able to handle it. Uh, they they were they were good. So are these owners like gun owners that like shoot guns off around their dogs <laughs> readily or something? Like what type of dogs are just cool with that type of noise? I don't know. Yeah, that's crazy to me. It's a, it's a it, they're, they're the the most dangerous people in New York City apparently. No, that, that's right. <laughs> 
Well, uh, thank you for joining. It's a Fourth of July weekend. It is a Saturday afternoon. We are talking about Entourage today. Are you excited? I am excited. I I, I got to tell you, I haven't um I haven't revisited the show probably. Well, definitely since it was on. I don't think um I watched all of it. Uh, even as I started to grouse a little bit about it, I think my my attitude changed a little bit. But I mean, it, it was it was a uh, it was a must watch. It was an appointment television for me every every Sunday night. I think it was on Sunday nights, right? And uh, yep. Uh, yeah, I, I, I miss the boys. I gotta say you miss hanging with the boys from Queens. I understand. So did you start watching it at the very beginning of its run in 2004? I, I don't think I did. I think what I did was, um, I did, we didn't have HBO my senior year. I was, that was my senior year of college, 2004, mm-hmm. 2005. So, um, I, I think what I did was I bought the DVDs, uh, that I, I didn't even know about, it, I don't think. And I bought the DVDs randomly back when people used to do things like that, but stuff, yep. they'd, stuff they'd never seen. Um, because it was only for like, I think half the season or something. It was one of those weird things where they came out in splits or something, but, um, yeah, this is the beginning of season three, which is the split season due to the writer's strike. So oh, there a three a and a three B. Um, but yeah, so I, I bought the season one, uh, I, oh, season one was a short season. That's what it was. Yep. I think, right. Yeah. So I thought, so I got that at like Barnes and Noble or something. It's all, <laughs> it's all very funny to think about these things. Uh, yeah. and, uh, and, uh, that was like the summer between, uh, yeah, when I graduated and when I went to grad school. So yeah, I, I, I caught up on that. And then by the time that it was back, uh, I was I was I was in the mix for sure. You're hooked. We have a big episode today. We're talking about Aquaman. This is the beginning of Vincent Chase's like peak, which is awesome. I'm really excited to talk about it. Uh, I want to give a little bit of context before we start talking about the episode. So this episode aired. The season three premiere was on Sunday, June 11th, 2006. Season two went off the air the previous September, so everyone had waited a long eight months until season three came back on on friday june 9th just two days earlier the pixar film cars was released to critical and commercial success grilled half it grossed half a billion dollars worldwide against the budget of 120 million dollars it was nominated for two academy awards and it was after paul newman's last acting role before he unfortunately passed away just two days later the word doodle would officially become a word in the oxford english dictionary so just a little context. I don't know. Do you, <laughs> I, I didn't see cars in theaters, but I definitely remember when people started saying doodle a lot. So 13 years ago at this point. Yeah, it, feel, it feels like it, a thousand years ago. It, it's hard yeah. to even comprehend, you know. I mean, I, I yeah, I'd only been living here for a year. I've been living here since then. So that's, you know, another tack of 13 out of that. Um, it really is. Yeah, it, it's a so many things that like were seem like a big deal then seem so cute now, you know, and yep. sort of in retrospect. Uh, the idea that, yeah... It, Cars. I don't know if I saw cars in theaters either. I'm assuming I didn't because I was, uh, you know, I don't have kids or anything, and I'm, I was twenty. Yeah. But I mean, that, that hasn't stopped me. I think I saw Toy Story three in theaters. But um, yeah, that's God, 2006. <laughs> I mean, cause, I know, man, because because the whole like the whole the whole of Entourage to me, I know it ran for like you know how many however many seasons, six seasons, seven seasons, or whatever it is, eight seasons, eight seasons, yep. and uh, that all feels collapsed into one year to me. You know what I mean? Like it, it all <laughs> that, that whole like time frame does not feel like it, it extended over a multiple, you know, of years. It just seems like it was all like, you know, they just banged them all out. It was on for like a year straight. Um, it's sort of timeless. The air dates are weird. It started, in two, it started in 2004. It ended in 2011. And then the movie came out in 2014. So for that 2004 to 2014, that decade was kind of dominated by Entourage talk. And it's a weird time because it's five years in the past. It was five years after the turn of the millennia. It's just a really weird time. And I love to talk about it week after week. That's kind of the point of this podcast, Pat. Um, so let's talk about this episode, Aquaman. 
Yeah. Quick synopsis before we dive in. The night of the Aquaman premiere draws close, and the crew is preparing themselves for the biggest event of Vince's career. Drama and Turtle keep finding better-looking women to bring to the event, but they find themselves prematurely running out of passes to hand out to the hotties. Vince is less concerned about finding a date. He knows that there's only one woman he wants to bring, his mother. Mrs. Chase is hesitant to make the trip to the West Coast due to her fear of traveling, but E finally convinces her to travel with both his and Turtle's mothers. Meanwhile, Ari adjusts to life in his new office, complete with a broken-down elevator, and finds that he's in for a huge financial challenge of his own. Patrick, what was your just overall favorite moment from this episode? Probably uh, James Woods hassling uh, drama at the <laughs> premiere. Um, that was That had real powerful... Uh, uh, James Woods energy that I feel like yeah. uh, I don't want to say anything because I don't want to get sued for libel or whatever. Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know if you know his whole deal, uh, but oh yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean it's like a you know that 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 was such a weird cameo. I, I kind of forgot all about like the the ins and outs of Aquaman. I know he was in Aquaman, and it's it's very funny to think about sort of in the abstract because that Aquaman as a as a standalone was a very funny kind of silly idea, you know, cause it was like, well, Oh, that's the movie they're going to make. And then obviously they made one yep. and made, you know, $500 million or whatever it made, you know, <laughs> because it was part of like the whole universe and all that. But, uh, sure. You know, back in 06, that would have been like right after Batman begins came out basically. So like, there was no like crazy superhero fat. I mean, I guess Spider-Man had been big, but like it, just thinking about like James Woods being like, I guess the villain of, of Aquaman is what it sounds like sort of off screen. No, I, I play uh, Abaddon, a brutal and corrupt businessman, hell-bent on world domination. So I'm not sure how much I really identify uh, with that, such a character, but... Oh, hey! Whoa, look at this! Look at this! Now, here's the real star of the Chase family, Johnny Chase, huh? Johnny Chase! God, this guy! Did you ever see uh, Viking Quest? Huh? Well, you're probably too young. Uh, I love this guy! Johnny Chase, nice to see you. Okay, buddy. Take it easy. It's strange to me because I, I, like I said, I think all the seasons kind of collapse into one, one arc, and like I, I didn't realize that, it, that Ari had already left the big agency by the end of the second season, yep. and that I thought Aquaman kind of came later in the whole deal too. I don't know. I, I, so it, it makes me wonder what exactly they do for the remaining, you know, six seasons after that, after this, or five <laughs> seasons after this. Um, some would say they do a lot. Some would say they do very little. <laughs> <laughs> we can get to that no james woods him like grabbing john johnny drama by the head and like slapping him on the face because he's so angry about how uh drama like jobbed him out of two premiere titties was hysterical yeah just um, just really good stuff and, and i thought it was funny i actually looked up who who the uh james woods is uh like girlfriend was or whatever because i thought oh yeah I, I thought it was maybe it was one of those like early to mid 2000s just sort of like maxim fhm type babes sure. that just sort of fades into the ether and no one ever really remembers again but I guess she was his like girlfriend or his wife in real life. She's an actress. Wow, I am usually the one who's d- d- who dives deep on these uh, the research, and I guess you beat me to that one. I just figured she exactly the same thing. I kind of glossed over her because I figured she was just another pretty face on Entourage. That was actually his wife, as far as I can tell. Because because I, I looked at first, her name is Ashley Madison, which makes it hard to do any kind of actual searching because there's obviously the, the yeah. fair website, but. Um, yeah. If you Google her on Google Images, like Ashley Madison actress, you'll get like pictures of her with James Woods at the premiere. And it, and it seems like they were at least dating or something. I, I don't know. That that was my my uh, ultimate conclusion from the whole thing. Could the website be named after her? Uh, I don't I don't know. It's, it's it's certainly a maybe it's just because after the fact now it seems like it. But it seems like a very generic kind of name. Agreed. But, but yeah, like, I, yeah, her IMDb, like it, it, it's 
uh, there's a picture of her with James Woods that's like not from Entourage as like the first, as like the odd photo to choose for your IMDb photo. <laughs> well, look, I mean, if you're dating somebody who's famous and and you realize that that's sort of your uh, your meal ticket to getting cast and stuff, uh, I don't blame her. All of her photos are on the red carpet with James Woods. Uh, you know, that's that's how you do it. So I, I don't I don't blame for her. Sure, she's she's had like three roles total. It looks like. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, she was Tiffany in Entourage, and then she was, yeah, a bunch of uh, sexy jogger. She was in Shark, which is the James Woods lawyer show. So yeah, this is, <laughs> this is definitely somebody that he was at least dating at some point. So uh, we, 100%. we solved the mystery. You know, we every week we talked about worst celebrity Tamios. I'd say he's probably the worst celebrity Tamio, only because of like how he's framed now. We won't get into his Twitter personality and sure. his, but I mean, at the time, the guy, you know, nominated for two Academy Awards... He won two Primetime Emmy Awards. Like, the guy was, he's a fixture in Hollywood. He's a voice actor. He's been on Family Die, The Simpsons. He has guest appearances on Ray Donovan. Like, this guy stuck around. Do you remember he was the voice of Hades in the yeah. uh, Disney movie Hercules? Like, he was great as, Her- as Hades. Yeah, I love I love Hercules. He's, he's incredible in that movie. You know, I haven't been this choked up since I got a hunk of moussaka caught in my throat. Huh? So is this an audience or a mosaic? Yeah, I mean, it, it's funny because he... He seemed like at one point he used to have a sense of humor about himself, which is what this is. Exactly. And boy, oh boy, does he not have that now. Um, you know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> or at least it seems that way. Maybe maybe within I don't know. I've, I've been blocked. I think for uh, five years, so I don't, I don't know for sure. Really? But, uh, he blocked you? That's hysterical. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it, it's funny when you get people like that. Um, I think it's because also he's like kind of like a he's more like a like a showbiz personality too. I think that kind of fits yeah. with the whole thing, and he likes kind of the. You know, uh, and who who knows? Maybe the girlfriend, maybe his girlfriend, like you know, uh, bugged him to do it or something, and he said, "Fine, I'll do the show because whatever." Sure. I think it's fun. I think it's um. I was hoping there would be like a random athlete, like, "Oh, what's up, Vince?" Like that thing, <laughs> like that that thing where like every everybody who's famous knows each other for some reason, like, uh, like uh, which just does not seem. Um, yeah, there was unfortunately none of that this episode, which sucks. It's like, oh, that's uh, that's uh, Adrian Peterson. Oh, what's up, Vince? Or like he's mad, he's mad at Turtle about something. Like, so, like Turtle yeah. owes him money or something weird. <laughs> that stuff doesn't happen until Turtle has the tequila company in uh, seasons uh, six and seven. But oh, that's right, that's fair. Moving on, so my favorite moment. I just loved the boys walking up to their moms walking off of the plane yeah sure while feeling all right by joe cocker plays <laughs> I, I i my wife was watching with me and i just turned to her i was like you can't help but smile seeing like grown men like get all sappy because of their moms it was just it was just like a nice moment ah! Ah! i can't believe this how did you do it Best pussy night of the year, and we just destroyed it. Always hugs in first. I am your first one. Did you bring a dress, Mark? No, I'm gonna wear this on the red carpet. Fucking idiot. It's a nice way to travel, isn't it? Yeah, but where is Sloan? I'm dying to meet him. Soon, huh? It was a nice sentimental, it's such a nice introduction to the season of Entourage, I thought. Yeah, and, and they had a nice little dig at a, a drama not getting the hug for a long time <laughs> after the, uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, that was fun. I, I was kind of expecting, I didn't know who the, I was hoping, uh, thinking there, I might have known in sort of in retrospect who the actresses were that played the other mothers other than, other than uh, Vince's mother, but I, they seem like they're not, sure. I don't know them from anything else, but I thought maybe it could be one of those things that as I got more 
sort of aware of random character actors and actresses and things like that. It's like, oh, that's who that is, but not, no dice on that one. Well, so the actress who plays Vince's mother, whose name is Rita Chase in this, she, her name's mentioned once or twice, Rita Chase. The actress's name is Mercedes Ruel. She's an American theater, television, and film actor. She won an Academy Award for Best Supporting Actress in the movie The Fisher Teen in 1992. She's won a Tony Award for Best Actress in a Play for Lost in Yonkers. The best part is she's been in Hollywood for two decades, but she's born and raised in Queens, New York. Hello? Hello, Mrs. Chase. Yeah? How you doing? It's Big Boy. You're live on the Radio Power 106 in Los Angeles. If I haven't won anything, let me save you the time. Wait, Ma, don't hang up. Vincent? Is that you? Yes, Ma, and we're live, so don't curse. Oh, please don't curse. What do you mean we're live? Don't do this to me. Look, I'm standing here in a robe. Don't do this to me. Ma, no one can see you. Calm down and don't curse. What am I, some kind of animal? Will you please stop saying that? Is your brother with you? Yeah, Ma, he's outside. Has he gotten any work yet? Ma, don't worry about John. Yeah, I, I just looked her up on IMDb, and the first thing that jumped out for me is, because uh, I, I recognized her. I, I, I couldn't place her in anything, but I it, sure. um, she was the mom in Last Action Hero, if you remember that movie. Which yep. Is, uh, which is yep, and I'm a little younger than you. To me, she's the mom in Big. She's Josh Baston's oh, mom, who, like, okay. Tom Hanks comes downstairs in his underwear, and she had threatened him with the knife yeah, and stuff. Yeah, yeah. She, to me, was the perfect fit. The other two actresses... Not as bit of a not as bit of careers, I guess. Yeah. Well, Tur- Turtle's mom gets to slap him, which is nice. That was that was good. <laughs> Every week, Pat, we talked about the best bros being bros moments, and bro has a negative connotation today in 2019. But what we really mean is just like best moment of the guys being a group of guys. Did any moments like that jump out at you from this episode? Yeah, I mean, I think probably it's after they were handing out the tickets and stuff, like the the sort of. Uh, and during the thing, I guess, where they're all like, yeah, just the making fun of each other thing with like the, oh, she's not hot. Okay, what are you? What are you on this scale? Drama and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I think. I mean, I, I do think there is a, a thing that's realistic about this, which is which would not be, uh, it does not come across in the show, um, and would not be admitted by anyone in the show. But there is this undercurrent of anger that uh, that E has, you know, where he's just like, he's like, not, he's like ready to take anything way too seriously. It feels like, and everyone has a friend like that. I feel like in the in the yep. group of boys. Yeah. Um, that's not part of the character on the show, but I feel like Kevin Connolly just has that vibe um, and he brings it to the character and just like he can dish it out, but he can't take it type thing. Um, and that's, that to me is a sort of a secret undercurrent uh, in the whole deal. No, I, I, that's a great observation. We haven't really talked about that. The, the, maybe it's like the little man's anger. Like, I don't mean to point out his height or anything because all these actors are short <laughs> and most actors in Hollywood are short, but like they're always giving him a hard time about his size and how Sloan's out of his lead and stuff. So the undercurrent of like aggression that he has is, is kind of accurate. It's there and it's weird because it's not really backed up. It can't be backed up by anything physical because, like you said, he's not a big guy. <laughs> so, like, the idea that he's like, What's he gonna do? Like sick drama on somebody? If he's got get in a fight. Well, I guess they do get in that. They get in that fight with Seth Green. I don't want to spoil anything. Is that is that, that already has that already happened? I forget when that happened. That has not happened yet. That is uh, midway through season three. Vadis baby Vadis is coming up in about six or seven episodes. That is the most. That is maybe the most memorable moment to me in the entire series. Is Tulsa and I said what up? That is such a oh, that I mean, is such a bizarre sequence. I love it. Classic. And what's so unfortunate is if you looked at any of these poor people's Instagrams, Seth Green's or. Emmanuel uh, Shrieky, the actress who plays Sloan, it's like the first comment people say. It's like, oh, <laughs> oh, no. like, it's been 15 years. These poor people are like, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And by the way, like, spoil away. This hopefully people who are listening to this have seen the show Entourage. Yeah, before. yeah, no, I, a... yeah. I was, I was, I was kind of kidding. I, I figured, I figured the audience you're going to get is going to be people who at least are uh, open to be. It's like, oh, this is my first like academic uh, viewing of Entourage. I don't want yep. anything to be ruined. Absolutely, that's what this is. This is an academic podcast. <laughs> um, 
when they get to Ari's office, I like this bros being bros moment where they realize the elevator's out and then they slowly just start racing up the stairs like a bunch of 12 year olds. Look at this. What a dump. You could use the exercise anyway, fat boy. Yeah, why don't you raise me up, you 50 year old cop? Hey, Lloyd. Hey. hey, Lloyd. To this day, if I'm, like, trying to walk up a set of stairs with, like, one of my buddies, I'll still kind of, like, try to outstep him. I don't know if I'll shove him into a wall. Yeah, right. But I will, <laughs> but I will, you know, we'll try to beat each other to the top. And I kind of like that. It just showed their, like, camaraderie and made it feel like an authentic friendship. Yeah, definitely. No, that, that's true. Yeah, for sure. So we talked about good moments. What was your least favorite moment from this episode? I don't know that I had anything that stood out as really jarring to me. I, you know, I, I think... I think the show has kind of been like freighted with sort of like this negative, you know, connotation sure. just in, as just kind of like, and, and it's sort of, it's sort of based on an uncharitable reading of people taking it more seriously than they took it. I think too, like, yep. it's just like, it's low stakes hanging out with the boys. Like everyone's rich and attractive and stuff like who cares? You know what I mean? Like that's like yeah. the whole point of the show. And the idea of expecting it to be anything kind of more serious is that's sort of on you, I feel like. So it's I, escapism so at I, its finest. Right. And so I haven't seen anything from the show in years, so I was expecting to be kind of rolling my eyes constantly the whole time. But uh, I, I have to say, I don't. I, nothing really stood out as being like particularly bad to me. I rolled my eyes at them handing out the tickets at the beginning while they're sitting outside of Earth Cafe and drama going Just on this way. Right yeah, it's like jumping for sharks, man. See, you throwing up blood and guts in the water? You're bound to catch a great way. Yeah, except there's going to be 50 girls at the party who all show up thinking they're your dates. And what happens when 50 sharks show up looking for their goodies, E? Feeding frenzy. <laughs> Whatever. We got Ari and Dirty. Let's roll. A little too written for me. Like, that is not how guys talk. That is not what they'd be talking about. It just it yeah. seemed a little disingenuous to me. Yeah, and, I, and I, that's true. And I, and I also feel like, that, okay, one thing I will say, and this is obviously a factor of the budget of the thing and all that. And, and it, Sure. But they did, they did make sort of the whole, the whole like, ticket handing out thing that all seemed very cheap to me kind of i understand yep. how it like works for the show or you're handing someone something but like like everything i've ever gone to or been invited to not that i'm some big hollywood big shot or anything <laughs> but like they get your email address you know what i mean like you, exactly you, like there's no like you don't have it's not like a bearer bond where if you don't have the thing yeah. like james woods is james woods he's gonna be able to get into the movie he's in the movie you know so that that was a little, if he needs two more tickets he'll get right 100 that was a little bit of a contrivance i thought but i mean like, other than that i mean it, it, you have to just—you're accepting a lot of things. You're accepting the idea that uh, Vincent Chase is this amazing actor that everyone thinks is amazing, which is <laughs> which is the funniest thing about the show by far yep. to me is that everyone just—that's the initial threshold issue you have to accept—is this guy's an amazing actor that everyone thinks is an amazing actor. He is able to apparently show emotion in a way that uh, does not happen at all for the for the character, uh, but. Yep. When he's on screen, look out. Um, that that to me is just the funniest thing. So you, you accept a lot, you know, and just kind of go with it. Exactly. We we talked about Vince's acting career a lot. I we just last week for the Entourage 15 year anniversary had an episode where myself and a and a coworker of mine, Tal Banduho, broke down Vince and Chase's acting career, and we ultimately decided at the end of it. We asked ourselves, is Vincent Chase a good actor? And we ultimately decided that he's a serviceable actor. Like, he never had any, like, super dramatic roles. He never went for it in some sort of, like, indie, you know, crazy, you know, body-changing, uh, out-of-character thing. He just was a pretty boy who fit himself into action movies and superhero movies and was kind of along for the ride. So for what he needed to be for the show, he's fine. I've always said that. He's not amazing, but that would have been a little... 
hard to follow if he was also this amazing Academy Award nominated actor and then his like doofusy boys from back home were surrounding him. That, that wouldn't have tracked to me in my opinion. Yeah, no, and I think that I think that I think that is probably fair. I mean, and, and obviously there was a there was a time and it was closer to this time. And like I said, I mean, Batman, like, like things like comic book movies were and I'm sure this is not a this is a controversial opinion to say that they're acted well now but you need to have you need to have a little bit more chops now than maybe you did you know sure. 15 years ago it's more like are you handsome do you look like aquaman i guess isn't it? exactly so. before we move on from least favorite moments i will also say just the entire plot of ari arguing with his wife over money i'm recently married as of a year ago and that is just so real it kind of hurt a little <laughs> bit you know it's just like just i don't know if you're married or not pat but like i, I just just that whole dynamic of a married relationship where you've just known each other for decades and you're arguing about money, which is just like the shittiest thing to have to be arguing about, but it's important. Uh, it resonated with me. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> all right. Tell me what you need now. Well, now that you ask, we got to pay off the staff. We got rent on the office. The we got, we, I need a hundred grand. Jesus. Come on, baby. Listen, it just, I'm on fumes here. And does it afloat me until I get the settlement from Terrence? Well, I have dipped into my personal savings five times already. What's mine is yours. It's funny how that works. I'm not married, or so I, I don't have the I don't have the direct experience. But it's another it's another way of them setting up the low stakes uh, by having her just have this like trust fund that okay, fine, it's almost gone, but <laughs> yes. like okay, yeah, again, yes. even if even if everything fails, they're not gonna be out on the street. It sounds like. Yeah. Oh, you need a hundred grand. Fine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I just bought you. A, well, we're talking about how we're all going to be broke soon. I just bought you a five thousand dollars suit. I don't even know what that's made out of. I, that doesn't make for sense. no reason. <laughs> it's made out of material that they got on one of the moon missions. I guess I have no idea. Yeah, exactly. Moon rocks. Yeah. Any lines jump out at you from this episode? I mean, I, I, the Viking quest thing. I, I'll go back to the James Woods thing. I because I I, <laughs> I I thought that was like a, a, a less frequent thing, but yeah, having it's very funny getting like a famous Hollywood actor and having him talk about a fake TV show in a way that like uh, yeah. that was not even popular uh, in the universe of the show. Um, that that to me was uh, was pretty fun. I'm trying to think, I I, I I've got a, I've got a couple. So for so Ari when he's like sitting down with Vincent E early in the episode, he's like, "But this is the biggest night of your life." This is your coming out party. This ain't head on. We want to make a statement here. A statement that says, I am a man now, not a boy. Come on, let's be classy. You've been banging every girl west of Sepulveda for the past six months. Just pick the one skank that's going to photograph well and be done with it. Boom! Which is just a great Ari euphemism. Like, he's trying to say something good and profound, like, take someone classy, and then he, like, backs it up with, like, you're a, a bit of a man whore. Just pit the whore. That's uh, <laughs> that's yeah, the nicest. Yeah, well, that's line. yeah, that's and, and that's probably sadly realistic as how how these things go. Yeah, I uh, <laughs> you know I, I I have this type of brain where I just inha- I just sort of like ingest quotes, but uh, it's failing. It's failing me right now. I don't sure. know what's going on. I feel like I feel like I'm betraying. It's all good. I'm betraying bro culture. You know, this is this is embarrassing for me. <laughs> One more quote: When he and when Ari and his wife are arguing about money, sadly. Sell your car. Sell your fucking watch. You eat at the Palm four nights a week. Do I ever order the lobster? No. I order the Gigi salad and I sign clients. Honey, the master plan is happening here. The seeds have been planted all over this town. You know that. Just like typical. I just loved it. I loved picturing him like at a client dinner ordering a salad because it's, it's yeah. a dense budget. Oh, I, I, th- I, just, I just thought of the quote. That, uh, this, is the, this is one that I thought was good. It's a... Uh, uh, when they're when they're begging Vince to get them the extra tickets. Oh, please, Vince. We peaked too early. I mean, you can't punish us for that. Yeah, how are we supposed to know best in show would appear so late? Let me ask you a question. What's so special about these two? Huh? These two will fuck us if we take them. Guaranteed. How do you know? Because they said if you take us, we'll fuck you. <laughs> 
call Ari. That is uh, that that was that was good to me. Um, yeah, yeah, and then he's like, call Ari. <laughs> he wants he wants his boys to get laid. That's right. Yeah, you got you got you got to support the boys. You know, one hundred percent. What's the big deal? Two more tickets. Music plays a big part in Entourage. This is one of the strongest music episodes they've had in a while. We've talked towards the end of season two about how there was a lot of Rolling Stones songs in the end of season two, but not not a lot of classics. And I don't know about you, Patrick, but I got like four or five songs that really jumped out at me. Do you Do you have any? Uh, you lead off, and I'll I'll jump in. So I really liked the Ghostface Tiller song that it opens with, Be Easy. It opens on the blonde girl walking down the street and all of them staring at them. It's just pure, it's borderline pornography, like these guys just like gawking this girl and the song playing. And I don't know, I'm I'm a Wu-Tang Clan fan and like, I like the, the, the Ghostface Tiller song. And as mentioned, I really liked um, Feeling All Right when the yeah, moms yeah. walked off the plane. Just Just felt good, uplifting, kind of made me kind of get caught up in the moment with the boys and uh their moms well first of all can't talk about entourage music without talking about the theme song for me uh, <laughs> because because i i had a running gag with a friend of mine like he he refused to believe that it wasn't u2 singing the song and i was like it's not u2 they did not get a u2 song for an hbo show about uh, a bunch of guys uh, uh uh hanging out and being boys uh so uh, but but uh, I I think they played a wasn't there an Elton John song at the end? Uh, the, yep. Saturday nights all right for fighting was the final song over the credits, which was nice. I think that was the first appearance of an Elton John song in yeah, the so uh, show soundtrack. Good. It's a it's a little tough for me with with some of these soundtrack choices because again, it's such a time capsule. This show sometimes yep. that like there'll be like a. I think I think I recognize, but I don't know. I think there was like a Mike Shinoda or like a Lincoln Park thing in there somewhere. Yeah, as uh, James Woods is driving up to the house, banging on the door. Yeah, it's, there and, they go by Fort Minor. Oh, there you go. So it's so it's like one of those things where it's like, okay, that's such a that exists in such a very limited you know sort of time that yep. it's it, pulling it out for me is not easy to do. But I, I recognize the sort of uh, the vocals. So that, there we go. So I'm glad I, I'm still still able to pull out the new, the new metal. So that's good for me. I'm, I'm proud of myself. Yeah, there you go. The very last one I'll call out is uh, China Grove by the Doobie Brothers as they're getting out of the limo and walking on the red carpet. Um, Doug Allen and music supervisor uh, Scott Venner do a really good job of juxtaposing these like very flashy Hollywood moments with just these old school classic rock songs from the 70s and 80s. I kind of loved it. All these songs that we just discussed are on a Spotify playlist, guys. It's called Oh Yeah, Oh Yeah Music. The link to download and follow that is in the bio of today's show notes. So check that out because Patrick, I can't play the music on this podcast. I don't know if you knew that. Oh yeah. They'll get you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. I don't, I don't know where you're, I don't know where you guys host, but yeah, that, that they'll, they'll find it and they'll get you. That's for sure. SoundCloud. Where do you guys host? Oh uh, yeah. Same thing. So yeah. So yeah. They, you have to be careful. Cause yeah, they, they just automatically pull it down. I think sometimes. Yep. Yep. Um, I got a warning. I used to do another podcast for another website and I got a warning for playing three seconds of a Kanye West song, which in retrospect was fucking stupid, but we weren't like anything big. But the the algorithm whatever picked it up and I got a cease and desist. So there you go. <laughs> not doing that. Yeah, we mentioned earlier celebrity cameos and there wasn't that great athlete or rapper that just like pops in. But there were a few you know few celebrities in this episode. We've discussed James Woods at nauseum. But do you want to talk about James Cameron or Maria Menounos at all? Yeah, James Cameron was pretty weird because like what was going on with him that he had to do this? You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I, like, you know, I, I don't not had to, but you know, that he would even deign to kind of, maybe he just loves the show. I, I don't know. It's just a strange, maybe he it, it caught him in the right way. Like sense of humor. I guess, Cause I think at this point he's probably in the middle of his quest to finish avatar. Right. Cause this is 06 that came out in 09. So 
Yep. Um, they, yep. they, they got him out of the bottom of the Pacific Ocean or wherever he was doing that. And, uh, and he's up to, to talk about Aquaman. When you're doing a comic book character, it's even more critical that everything be absolutely real. So we had to devise a way for Vince to really breathe underwater. So this is his third appearance on Entourage in about as many episodes. So he starts appearing towards the middle end oh, of season right. two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a DP who worked on Entourage used to be like his James Cameron's personal assistant or something. And Dud Allen wrote James Cameron in as kind of a joke, as a placeholder. Yeah, yeah. And she took the script to James Cameron and he loved it so much that he actually asked for a bigger role. He wanted more on screen time. He wanted to like be involved in the dad. So this is actually the last time we see Cameron in this episode, but he's had quite a bit of dialogue and he had, he had a scene with Adrian Grenier in the season two finale. He's had a couple scenes with turtle and drama. It's really funny. Like I, I it's really a dense character for him because as we all know, or from what we've, what we've discerned, he's kind of an angry closeted weirdo <laughs> i don't know yeah i don't mean to be disrespectful to him he's just like he's just one of these guys who's like very caught up in his work yeah well he i mean he, and they sort of make fun of it a little bit when he says like you know we need to figure out a way for vince to breathe underwater you know and that, that is like the kind of <laughs> maniacal amount of uh, dedication to to the production of something um for again a movie about aquaman the guy who can talk to fish uh, which you know I, I like the other the, the Aquaman that came out, but uh, at the time it definitely was just a get. The whole thing was you know start to finish a gag um, for for, yeah. for everybody involved. So yeah, he kind of loved the self seriousness of it too. I remember reading some quotes that like he loved the idea of doing the Aquaman superhero movie and uh, really leaned into it. And so I, I liked his I liked his presence. And then Maria Menounos, American entertainment reporter, television personality. She was like a host on Extra E News. Today, Access Hollywood, she was also a professional wrestler at one point in her career, and she's currently the CEO of the online podcast series After Buzz TV, which is a space that I'm playing in right now with this recapable like, entourage thing. So she's kind of like, you don't know it because she only has, you know, three lines and five minutes of on-screen time, but she's kind of a, 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 a G. Big movie. Yeah, you look handsome. Thank you very much. How do you feel? feel? Thank you. So tell me, how do you feel? Oh, I feel great. I mean, I'm so proud to be part of this movie, and James Cameron is simply a genius. What can I say? Yes, yes, he's coming up. Yeah, she's. Uh, I saw. I, I saw her before I saw um, Spider Man. She was on screen talking about. Uh, she has. She like hosts the movie trailers, kind of, uh, or the pre movie trailers. That's thing. right. She, she is. She's That's just right. kind of a. She's a presence. You know, kind of like a Seacrest esque. You know, just, exactly. Um, just somebody who's like a professional presenter, almost more than anything else. She was also in Fantastic Four, wasn't she? Well, doesn't she? Uh, I think she like. Sleeps with Chris Evans. When, uh, he, he's the Human Torch. <laughs> it's it's been a minute since I've watched that version of the Fantastic Four, but that that wouldn't surprise me. Like she's she pops up everywhere. Yeah, and she yeah, and, and you said she's a she does love WWE for sure. She's she's yeah. big on that, which is uh, which is fun. She's like a stockholder for the WWE. She's like one of the owners, which is crazy. I mean, good oh, for her. I didn't know. Yeah, I didn't know that. That wow, that's great. Very brief. Let's spend thirty seconds on it. I think I'm gonna phase this category out. <laughs> I mean, it was 2006. Let's just talk about the outfits that we saw. I'm going to call out Drama was wearing like a red and yellow jacket that had a dragon on the back of it, which was interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anything jump out at you, Patrick? I mean, I think if you're, if you're going to talk about the, or like the mid aughts, uh, you're, you're talking about a lot of bad jeans, a lot mm-hmm. of a lot of jeans, a lot of busy stuff going on in the pockets, a lot of stitching and all that kind of stuff. A lot of boot um, cuts. A lot of boot cuts, especially when you're talking about being in LA, where it's like really hot all the time. You know, uh, 
uh, as somebody who is uh, not good at keeping cool uh, in the metaphorical or physical sense, I guess it's jeans are not really what I want to be wearing walking around, but I guess you just gotta, you gotta, you gotta look fashionable. So uh, (laughs) James Woods looks pretty cool. His, his his gear, he looks pretty, pretty, pretty stylish. He looks pretty tailored. More more of a classical type guy. And then obviously Ari has the suits that are tailored within a a stitch away from uh, busting off. If he like turns in the wrong direction. (laughs) I'm getting, I'm, to be honest, I'm getting tired of talking about the outfits every week because it was 13 years ago. Like, of course, it's going to be different. I don't feel like I'm, like, accomplishing anything by making fun of that, to be honest with you. So. Yeah, I mean, I'm, not, I'm not qualified to critique anyone's fashion, really. <laughs> I, 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 I buy whatever I get told to buy in the emails from, uh, from Bonobos or whatever, so I can't really... Go, yeah. I can't really judge anybody for what they do. I'm just, I'm just following orders over here, so oh, whatever. Me either, man. Me either. <laughs> so we, we were talking earlier about, like, how some things happen that are outdated. Were there any references that you heard or that you just saw in the episode that like made you really realize like, Oh, this is, this is a long time ago. I, yeah, I'm trying to think about specifically what, I mean, I think the overall, Oh yeah. Okay. Vince said he was talking about a hundred million listeners to the radio show at one point when, <laughs> when he was trying to hassle the mom. Ma, you know what? Just forget about the hundred million potentially heartbroken listeners and listen to me for a second. Oh, fuck. Vincent. Oh, oh, Mrs. Chase. Mama gangster. I knew she'd curse. That's because she's breaking. <laughs> and like, I don't think that I don't think that was ever remotely true, but that was just funny. You know, even as it was even, probably even closer as hyperbole. Back yeah, it was definitely closer. But even as even as hyperbole that stood out as kind of like, OK, well, come on. Can we dial back a little bit here? <laughs> Turtles, welcome to New York. Johnny T-shirt in regards to oh, Johnny, Johnny Damon coming over from the Red Sox. So that, that was kind of cool. But, you know, lawn retired like long-time Red Sox Yankees legend. I also liked Ari had a white iMac desktop computer that still had that, like, foam padding on it as if they had just unboxed it, which was funny because, like, nobody... You know, and it was, like, four inches thick. Right, right, <laughs> right, right. absurd to see. And then Drama says, when he's talking about dates for the premiere... You don't want to take someone famous, bro. Why not? They'll overshadow him. I learned that from Tom Sizemore. When he brought Heidi Fleiss to the Blackhawk Down premiere. Just another, like, Dud Allen writing, like, drama into this time period from Hollywood that is just so funny. Like, yeah. <laughs> my God. That's, what was that? That was, like, 97, 98. So, that, yep, yeah, that, yep, that's, yep. that's 20 years ago. Yeah, that, that reference was, like, pushing it then. But enough but enough that, like, people get it, but they know that it's an old reference. Yeah, that, that's the... That's <laughs> and and I know for a fact, like we have a lot, I have a lot of young guys listening to this this podcast now. A lot of those twenty two year old dudes who are listening have no idea who Tom Sizemore, Heidi Fleisch, or what Black Hawk Down was. So right? Yeah, I get it. Tom Sizemore, I'm assuming, might be in jail. Uh, Heidi Heidi Fleisch is like what some kind of Secretary of Human Resources or something in the White House. <laughs> I just assume all these things. Yeah. yeah. So we talked about outdated references. This is kind of a similar question, but like, if this exact plot aired today, Patrick, how would it be different? Um, I think you would be forced to reckon with some amount of discussion of social media, which they didn't have to yep. do in any of this stuff. I think they, I'm sure they probably do. I don't, I don't remember any specific examples, but later there's so much about, you know, drama gets canceled or something, you know, some, there'd be some art like that or something like, you know, but Johnny drama is canceled as something we've talked about before. <laughs> <laughs> or like, uh, or like, you know, people are mad about Vince getting the, getting the part because he's not, isn't that blonde hair? doesn't look like Aquaman or because, you know, he's not a uh, uh, Pacific Islander or something. You know, I, I, you know, yeah. I have no, just, I'm just trying to think of what, like from the viewpoint of the show would be the kind of stuff they would have to deal with. Yeah. There'd be like a Twitter petition to get Vince off Aquaman and nominate like the rock or something like that. Right, right, right. Right. Which is closer to what yeah. happened. So that's yeah. about right. 
you mentioned earlier, and this is I, I, this is what I had written down, but the boys wouldn't be running around handing out tickets in envelopes to 50 women. They'd be DMing them, like, a password to a special entrance, or, like, they'd get some private locked email that would go to their email. It would be a lot, there'd be a lot less movement around handing out premiere tickets. Everyone would just yeah. get those blasted to their social media or their email accounts. Yeah. Well, and the other, the other thing that I just realized, this is but this is 06, like I said, like this is this is before phones. Yep. Like this is before anybody had like maybe they had blackberries, I guess, but like this I, like everybody in every scene in the background will be on their phone. Yep. Like that's something that like doesn't <laughs> uh and there would be people obviously everyone have their phone out at the premiere. Yep. So you, uh, um nobody would want autographs, they don't want selfies. So that those are all just like little sort of window dressing things that would change, I guess. I think the overall plot would probably I mean, you know, I think the workings of sort of like the the dudes in Hollywood are probably not that different than what they are, you know. I mean, not 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 like straight up like uh, DiCaprio pussy posse sure, stuff, but sure. uh, who Kevin Connolly was a part of, which Kevin Connolly was a part of. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's true. I think a lot of it probably would stay the same, but with little little changes, more or less. Absolutely. So every week, I like to bring up continuity errors. They aren't super prevalent in this episode. However, creator Dud Allen has said that he's purposely made changes to people's family makeups, people's backgrounds, and, and timelines just because it fit the plot of the episode better. He doesn't really like care. It's not like me calling this out. Isn't something that's like shining a light on something he was trying to hide. He truly doesn't give a fuck. But up until this point, Vince and drama were supposed to be half brothers with two separate moms. But because earlier in the series, drama says that Vince has his mom's laids while he has their dad's. But in Aquaman, drama walks up to Vince's mother and says, I am your firstborn son, implying that there are two dads. Um, just interesting that he would just switch that up. And Dud Allen has said in an interview, it was simply because he wanted a plane full of moms to like a, like a bunch of moms to get off the private jet as opposed to a bunch of dads, which made sense to me. Yeah, I mean, I, that actually occurred to me. I kind of brushed it off, but like well, when he said that, I, I I thought they were half brothers, yep. you know, and I and I was, oh, I guess it must have been two different. I, I don't know why I thought it was the same dad because they were both Chase. Yeah, so it's weird. So so I I, I guess like, oh, I guess it must have been. I, so I thought it was two different moms. I was like, oh, I guess it must have been two different dads. But then yep. I just kind of I didn't really think about it. But yeah, that's uh. Do they do they stick to that going forward? Do we think, or does it? I mean, not that it matters really, but <laughs> it certainly doesn't matter. And I think they stick to that going forward. Yeah. And I mean, drama's age difference is insane too. Like they'll talk about how he like did six years of high school, how he's ten years older than them, but other times he was like acting in the late eighty. It's just it's so funny. He's just old, and that's that's a great little like personality trait to me. Yeah, it's like a Mister. It's like a Mister Burns, you know, when he's yep. like uh or crusty even, you know, yeah, same yeah. type of thing where like that's not they must be like Burns is like one hundred forty or whatever, yeah. <laughs> and then crusty has got to be like in his seventies by the time the show starts because he's got all these iterations of the show going back to the fifties or whatever. Exactly. Let's talk about Johnny Drama a little bit more. Any lines or, or parts of this episode that really jumped out as being good Johnny Drama moments? You get all the greatest hits of Johnny in this episode, I feel like. Because you get begging Ari to represent him. You get, like, uh, you know, somebody making fun of him for not having anything to do, any, any job or anything. <laughs> you get him uh, striking out with women while also thinking that he's above all of them in the first place. Yeah, so. he kind of he bats a thousand across all three of his major, like, uh, uh, personality areas i loved ari going i say that it's important that whoever reps you cares about you right 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 Vinny e let's go off just off <laughs> like drama's just like standing there yeah i don't want i don't want to lie to you and then just turns around and walks away without finishing <laughs> oh, okay, okay yeah, all right <laughs> i liked him playing video games with turtle when uh lloyd calls about the tickets and he's just like hello Johnny Drama, it, it seems that we made a terrible mistake. The tickets we sent you yesterday actually belong to James Woods. 
Oh yeah? That sucks. Yes, it, it sucks and I need a back. No go. Fuck that. Uh, Johnny. Lloyd, possession is two-fifths of the law. Just get Woods two more. Turtle, there are no more and Mr. James Woods is very unhappy and he wants them back. Sorry, bro, but you tell Jimmy Woods, and this is coming from me personally. If he wants him, he can come and get him. Fuck Jimmy Woods. Sorry, bro. <laughs> They're playing video games in the middle of the day on a on a weekday. <laughs> That's. I mean, you can't you can't pretend you you know you watch that. It's like I would like to live like that. Exactly. I can't, I can't. I can't argue. Maybe having maybe having your entire existence yoked to the successes and failures of, of somebody who again may or may not be a good actor is not the uh not the most it's a little bit precarious but yep. you know they can always go back and run a sandwich shop or something if they need to uh which J- uh, jerry ferrari did in real life i believe that so, sells that's right that sounds <laughs> so we've talked about drama we've talked about vince we talked about ian turtle a little bit but who besides vince won this episode this week pat vince can't win he wins every week <laughs> yeah uh <laughs> i think you gotta go with uh I, it pains me to say it, but I think you got to go with E because E is the one who kind of salvaged the whole the whole deal. You know, he got he got everyone to the red carpet. He got it. You know, nobody nobody was embarrassed. Yep. Um. You know, I was gonna. You can't say Turtle because Turtle has to hang out with his mom all night now. Yep. Um. I love how those two women managed to get to the front row. Yeah. How that happened? Um, <laughs> I got my hair pressed for this shit. To to get mad at them. What you just said, where you say I hate to say it, but I think it's E. That has been said probably 12 times on this podcast. Because E, <laughs> in these first couple seasons, has a lot to do. He's, like, ferrying his client around, making sure he's talking to the right people, making sure he's making the right decisions. It's not until later in the show when Vince is the biggest movie star on the planet that E's plot lines did a little meandering and a little soap opera to be honest with you. So I agree with you. It's E. He makes his client happy. He convinces his mom, Turtle's mom, and Vince and Drama's mom to fly out for the premiere. Like, he gets into the premiere, and, and the movie's a hit. So... I completely agree with you. Yeah, I think it's uh, yeah, I, I might actually have to just. I, I'm not gonna start rewatching the whole thing because, because yeah. I, 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 but I, I might have to just see. I know the movie does well, but I, I kind of want to see the the next episode just to see kind of uh, the reaction to it because I truly don't remember really the the details of it. So, well, the next uh, episode is widely considered the best Entourage episode. We have massive guests for next week. Everyone make sure you tune in next Monday morning. Um, it's the episode One Day in the Valley where they go to the airing of uh, the, they go to the premiere and it's a heat wave and there's a massive heat wave that knocks oh, out the power. Oh yeah, when they're, when they're at the pool party. And I they go to the high school pool party and Vince has his almost famous moment. So yeah. I can't wait. I've already recorded it. It's a great episode. Guys, get ready. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> Hell Yeah. Um, last two questions. Was this an A-list episode, a B-list episode, or a D-list episode? Basically, was this great, okay, or complete trash? And you can give A-minuses, B-pluses, stuff like that. Yeah, I, I would do, I think I'd give it a B-plus. It's not, um, it doesn't have any of the iconic stuff, you know, but, sure. but as, a, as, and actually, maybe I'll ding it a little bit more. I'll, I'll go back down to B, just because it's a, it's a season premiere, so you, it maybe has to be a little bigger than it was, or sure. it seems okay. like it should be, but, um, yeah, you know, it got the job done. It kind of hit all the hit all the notes you would kind of expect, and it uh, moved moved things along. I think in a way that was uh, that was entertaining. So yeah, I'd, I'd give it. You know, that like I said, missing some of the cameos I would like to see, but we did get a lot of James Woods, which is which is uh, you know which was appreciated. So absolutely, I'm gonna agree with you. B plus, maybe A minus, because I just really have a soft spot in my heart for the stuff with the mom and. She's brought back again in season six when uh, Vince uh, moves home for a little bit, and she's great then. So I think I think maybe A minus for me, but uh, yeah, not not the upper upper echelon of Entourage episodes, but a, a good one nonetheless. I like it. 
Patrick, last question. I asked this of all my guests. Who in the TV show entourage are you closest to in your own group of friends? See, this is a tough one because I, I got to go with E. I'm, again, <laughs> it sucks. I'm not happy about it, but you know, I, I'm, I'm self-aware enough to know. Um, yeah, I can't. I'm not good at just kind of relaxing and having a good. You know, like I, I would be. I would be super nervous about all the stuff that he's nervous about. Sure, and you know, not. Um, you know, the way they can just kind of all be like, oh, let's, you know, because like drama and turtles kind of go with the flow, whatever happens. Obviously, Vince mm-hmm. doesn't seem to care what happens. He's like a leaf in the wind. But, sure. um, but uh, yeah, I, I got to go eat because, yeah, and, and, you know, he's a little bit, a little bit anxious. He gets a little bit pissed off sometimes. Maybe he doesn't take things as well as he should. That's all. That's all me. I think that's fair. So <laughs> I have, I have said before, but I am E as well. A lot of people come on and say, unfortunately, I'm a little E. Does everyone's got a little anxiety, a little neuroticism? Like it's, it's okay to admit it. He's a good character. I, I, I will, I will defend E, especially in these early seasons. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think the reason people identify with him is probably because he's the most well-drawn of the, yep. of the four which probably speaks to kind of, you know, the perspective that Doug Elon has as well, you know, just he, he's like the, he's supposed to be the surrogate for the audience, I think. So that, that makes sense. But yeah, in terms of like the overall traits of the characters and stuff like that, it's, it's gotta be him for me. Pat, this was a lot of fun. Yeah, definitely. I, I love talking about, love talking about the boys. I, I miss the boys. Like I said, the boys from tween, where can the listeners of, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Follow you. Um, I'm on like Twitter and Instagram, all that stuff. Patty Mo, P A T T Y M O. Um, I uh, I hope have a podcast uh, that uh, I run with a couple of pals of mine, uh, Kat Barbador and Eli Uden. They're both comics here in New York. Um, it's called What a Time to Be Alive. That is on um, any any kind of podcast place. Just search for it. It's like a the art is like a, a sort of white guy over like an orange background. It's not the Drake. <laughs> it's not it's not the Drake and Future album. Um, yeah. <laughs> if you're hearing you Drake and Future, you you've gone to the wrong place. You've gone um, too far. Turn but, around. Uh, yeah, it's like a, it's like a sort of like a dumb local news countdown thing that we do. Um, so, cool. Yeah, it's pretty fun. And uh, so we got that. I do stand up around New York and stuff. I got a website. Um, it's all just, just I don't know. Twitter is probably the easiest place where I will post all that kind of stuff. So um, all your links will be in the show notes of today's episode. For everyone who's listening, give Pat a follow. Uh, check out his stand up. He's very funny. And uh, Pat, we hope to have you uh, back on again soon. I'm going to try to get to New York sometime towards the end of the summer and do some recordings in person. If you're interested, we can yeah. talk about another episode. I'd love it. Let's do it. Awesome. Thanks, Pat. Have a great rest of your weekend. Thanks, you too. Take it easy.